Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Charlie Parsons for Boxing Social in association with FreeBets.com, Empire Fight Store and Forged Irish Stout. I've got the main man, Mr. Gareth A. Davies, on Zoom. Um... I was just saying I wish that we could keep our little conversations pre-interview in the interview because we always just have a great chat. I'm looking at the serenity going on outdoors in your gaff, talking about the little backdrop you're working from. Life in 2024 seems good for the gad. <laughs> what a silly question. Right, I, I'm done with this show. No, what do you mean life in 2024? We're four days in. I'm cranking it up at the moment. I'm off to do a podcast with Radio Rahim today, actually, um, which will be fun, just down the road um, into London. It'll scoot into down the M11 to London. Yeah, life is good. I mean, I think we had an amazing... I mean, on a personal level, I mean, I, I love every day, every week, every month, every year, because... I'm older than you, Charlie. I've been through a lot. And, you know, you, you celebrate every day um, the older you get, I think, and you enjoy your work more. I think 2023 was an amazing year for what we do. I think 2024 set up to be extraordinary. But the way it's fallen this year, it's hard to crank yourself up again a little bit. Um, That's a good point. And, and I did go raving on New Year's Day, so I'm probably recovering from that as well. But, um, um, yeah, the, life is, no, life is, is very, very good. I'm, I mean, it's, it's, it's brilliant to be involved, as you know, with something you, you love. And I always say that to you, that if you really have a passion for the thing you do, it's easy to go into the trenches on the days you don't feel like it, you know? Um, and, and, you know, as you rightly point out, it's 10th day of Christmas, I think today, 10 Lords are leaping. That's what you didn't get when I first said to you, 10 Lords are leaping. You're up there in the Cotswolds. I'm in the wilds of the Essex countryside right now. It's about to kick off. We've got kind of got a weekend off, haven't we? 
it's a little bit quiet. Um, obviously, we've got Callum Smith and Baturbiev and uh, coming up, and we've got a horrid. I shall be there. Are you going? I'm not going actually. Quebec um, City, you should have put in for. I've covered one fight there before. Um, I would love to go to Canada. It's going to be snow that deep. Is it like? Um, that? Oh yeah, it's oh it's snow place. It's yeah, in the winter it's pure snow. So we'll probably be, we'll have the uh, we'll have the boots on, the big fluffy coats, um, and uh, you know what is really. What a cracking fight to start the year. Um, a proper elite, elite, elite event to start the year. Well, let's pick up on that then, because I've been... I feel like there is almost always an element of, like, we have this British bias where we always back our own uh, to the point where sometimes we get a little bit carried away. But I think if we look in hindsight, we look at... Uh, the injuries Baturbiev's faced. We look at the time out of the ring, obviously that last fight with Anthony Yard, him now being, what, 39, 40 years old. It looked yeah. like miles on the clock, and it sort of feels if there was a 38, if there was ever a time, then it then it could well be now. Do you reiterate that? Yeah, but you can also say Callum Smith's been out for 17 months. Absolutely. Um, and he's not a he's not a light heavyweight, even though I think he's six foot five and he's grown into the weight amazingly. Um, and he looked very good in his last <clears throat> two fights at uh, at light heavyweight. Um, and even though you know he was probably undermatched against those guys, um, it's a really really good fight. If, and if Callum was going to fight him any time, it is now. Um, I, I'd love Callum to do it for him, but I'd also love to see better be Evan Bivol this year. Absolutely. Um, you know, both undefeated. Both. I mean, when you look at better be record, 19 wins, 19 knockouts. I mean, it's extraordinary. He's just got that ability to find the equaliser at different points in the fight. And he really does have that killer instinct, doesn't he, when someone's hurt. I mean, I thought, um, even though it was only an eight-round fight in the end, um, better be Evan Yard at the beginning of last year was one of the fights of the year, no question about it. Um, but then Callum Smith has got a fantastic jab. He's got power. He's got levers on the inside. As you say, you rightly mentioned the age of um, Arthur, that he's 39 this year. Um, that yard fight will have taken things out of him as well. Um, but he's just got that ability to turn the corner in a fight when he looks like he's in trouble and weather the storms. He does nothing to wreck his body outside fighting. I still favour better be able to win this fight, but I'd, I'd be delighted for Callum if he did it. It's a brilliant fight. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Callum out there. I'm, I'm heading out there next week, doing a bit of work for ESPN and Top Rank because they're a reporter on the ground. Um, really looking forward to it. <clears throat> um, and obviously it's delayed as well, isn't it? So it was originally going to take place, I think it was August then... December, wasn't it? Does that hinder the both of them? Because you talk about Callum's inactivity and obviously we know that like Baturbiev and injuries faced and everything, but 
you probably now look in hindsight and think maybe Callum would have probably been better off with a fight in between. Or he wasn't to know, but it's just the way the boxing world works, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, he knew the fight was there. He doesn't want to pick up an injury against anyone else. Better be I've had that jaw issue. I spoke to him about it in Riyadh in in, in October. He was uh, there as one of the guests at the um, Legends dinner. Um, and he said he's absolutely fine now, but he needed to get it right because it was an issue um, in his in his jawline that he needed to sort out, um, an infection in there. Um, now, I think Callum's been waiting for these mega fights. When you think about it, he went all the way through, you know, beat George Groves, became the number one super middleweight in the world, had a reign, had that weird fight with John Ryder, um, which some of us felt Ryder had won. Um, and then, you know, had to fight with Canelo. And, and that's the only blemish in his career, really. So, and even on that night, he went 12 tough rounds with with Canelo. Um, you know, he's, he's, he is the best of those four boxing brothers. There's no doubt about it. And this could be, this could be a legacy moment for him. No doubt about it. Um, but I think if Better Biev wins... I think we'll see Bivol and Betabiev fight fight it out this year for for all the belts. I don't think it'll be too long either. Wouldn't surprise me if it was like early summer. Um, I know that the Saudi Arabians were trying to push Jai Alpatire and Dimitri Bivol together, but I don't know. I I think I think I pick up on that because yeah. we spoke so much about when. Uh, Canelo fought Bivol at 168 and there was so much talk about Bivol wanting to go down oh sorry at 175 Bivol wanting to go down to 168 for the rematch now we know he's not really a massive light heavyweight and he's always said how he could make 168 we know that Turkey Alo Sheikh really is a big fan of Jay Opatai and likewise a really big fan of Dimitri Bivol but this the you know the, the difference, £25 moving up, it, it is an awful lot. It, it's, it, I don't think it would be the fight that perhaps some fans think. Do you agree? Yeah, Opatia is too big and too powerful for him. They, they look similar when they're standing next to each other. And there's a picture out there that the Saudi Arabians put out. But um, we're already talking in the industry about Jaya Pattaya stepping up to heavyweight. Um, because he carries a huge amount of power. Um, he's rated by most people as the number one cruiserweight in the world. We probably need to see that over two or three fights. Let's see him wreck a few people. You know, he's got to get in with, I think, with React Poor um, and maybe Bellum Smith, maybe Gulamirian, maybe just prove something. But having said that, if he is suddenly invited up as the wild card into the heavyweight Super League up in Saudi, he's going to take it because it's probably three or four times the money he's going to be earning at Cruiserweight. And at the end of the day, this is a business as much as it is a sport and money talks and it always talks. So um, that that's the, that's the dollar chain that he's going to be on. Um, whether he... I just don't... I, I think Bivol would be, it's just too outlandish for Bivol to go up and face Opatire, especially when there is that 
legacy fight at 175 with Betabiev. And Betabiev is promoted by Bob Aram, who obviously has a relationship with the Saudis as well, initially through through Tyson Fury. So you look at the money chain and you look at the the route, the business route. And for me, that that's the fight that happens next. Gareth, on the on the topic of sort of Saudi Arabia and everything, um, I suppose now looking forward, I'm going to talk about the two big British heavyweights. Firstly, Tyson Fury. Uh, we've seen the videos and images circulating. He is starting his camp very early over there in Riyadh. Well, not very early, but obviously gone to Riyadh uh, very early. I think arriving in in the last couple of days, just before the new year. Um, what are your thoughts going into that? He probably won't be bothered necessarily by what people think. I mean, you'll be able to speak better than I will, you know, him better than I do. Uh, but going into this clash, uh, into this fight, a, a lot to prove. We know how good Alexander Rusik is. We know that a lot of people say technique, uh, in terms of a fight, it may not be the most fun one to watch. But um, you think we definitely see a different Tyson Fury this time around? Well, it's a Tyson Fury, as you say, that's gone to Riyadh 46 days before the fight. Um, 40 of those will be training. You know, the last six days are going obviously going to be huge build-up, um, red carpet, press conference, workouts, all of that kind of stuff, um, promotion. Um, I suspect there might even be one press conference back in London uh, over that time. Um, but maybe there won't be. I think it's the right move to get out of this territory and go over there, um, get away from the family, um, or be away from the family to train, be away from us in, in general. I think it's a really good move. It's a fight. It's a it's an era-defining, a legacy-defining fight for both men and for the heavyweight division itself. You know, we, we're going to get Lennox Lewis and Evander Holyfield there at that event, I'm sure. Well, I know, I'm almost certain Lennox is there anyway. I know that he's doing a ritual handover, which is going to be amazing. Yeah. 25 years, when you think about it, since that undisputed title, it's going to be a historic moment. Um, <clears throat> no doubt they will create a ring of fire or something, because it's called that. I mean, I think it's going to be amazing. Um I just, <clears throat> I think Fury and Usyk is going to be, it's, I think it's going to be a chess match. Um, Lennox Lewis' advice to Tyson Fury is to rush Usyk. He said, that's what I'd do, but I'm not sure Fury will rush him. I think it'll, I think it'll be a phony war at the beginning, feeling each other out. I just still feel... Even ruling out the Nagano performance um, back in October, I still feel that Fury is that little bit too big for Usyk. But I do think it's going to be a close 12-round fight. And, I, and I've maybe slightly outlandishly I've nailed my colours to the mask. I just have a feeling that this first fight between them is going to be a controversial draw, that it will go 12 rounds and it will be a very cagey affair and they'll, you know, because Fury knows he can be on the outside and win this, for example. Um, and I think Usyk's footwork's extraordinary. I just think it's going to be one of those very close fights. Um, and we're all going to be arguing over afterwards over who won it. And it may come down to favouritism. And as you know, 10% of people actually score a fight. 
Um, and I just feel like it's going to be this weird controversial draw and they're going to end up um, fighting again a second time. But if I was to to favour a winner, I, I think it's Fury. I just think he's he's had his wake-up call against Nagano and I just think he'll be back to being sharpened for Usyk. But again, it's a fight where I don't want to see either man lose because there's, both of them have been extraordinary in our sport for different reasons. Um, but it's, it, listen, it's a massive event. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it, it's just going to, it's just amazing that it, we're not waiting till June for it. It's in 44 days time, you know, <clears throat> six and a bit weeks time. So, you know, it's going to be amazing. It really is going to be amazing. We're so blessed, aren't we? I mean, look, even the month after, we're expecting some form of announcement at some point uh, now. But, but what I want to say at the moment is, since since the Day of Reckoning, um, there's there's I think there's a reshaping of the heavyweight division. I think there's... Absolutely. I, I mean, you know, I've got to look at my rankings now, and I've got Joshua at three, Fury one, Usyk two, Joshua three... It's either Zhili Zhang or Parker at four. They're four and five, Wilder six. You know, and you've got those other guys stacking up now. You know, Andy Ruiz has come back into the mix. Daniel Dubois, um, Agit Cabayel, Frank Sanchez, Jared Anderson. I think there's your top ten. Matt Mudov's got to work his way back into a victory. Has Wilder still got it in him? Um Obviously, it was a brilliant performance by Joseph Parker, probably a career best. And technically, for me, it was a career best from Anthony Joshua. I did tell him so. I know you sat with him, had selfies afterwards. Um, but my one thing I wanted to say to him um, was I thought it was a technically career best performance because we saw the aggressive, rumbustious Joshua, not just throwing single punches, but throwing combinations and throwing a jab and then a left hook and get and step in jab to the body was really good. I mean, Wallen didn't offer much, but but Joshua, AJ didn't let him. And I think pleasing as well was speaking to Ben Davison during the week and Joshua doing exactly what they had planned in camp. And uh, so technically, that's what I, I said to him personally after the press conference, Technically, I thought it was his best performance because um, there was barely an error in there. Um, and, you know, and he quit the guy on his stool, didn't he? He made the guy quit on his stool. So to all intents and purposes, he is back big time. Um, and, and, and what's exciting is, again, with a bias, if Fury beats Usyk and Joshua maybe beats Sahergovic, if that IBF belt becomes vacant you know we've got we've got the prospect of fury against joshua again in early 2025 i think it will take till then but it's brilliant really so it, it so we will have had the 18 months or 20 months of the heavyweight division that we really needed for the era well, let's sort of keep on to date with Anthony Joshua then. We're hearing that March 16 date. We did reveal all afterwards that um, the Anthony Joshua-Deontay Wilder fight was signed after God knows how many years of talking about it. And it finally 
uh, obviously came to an end with Deontay Wilder losing. We know that after um, Tyson Fury's performance with Francis Ngannou, there was a lot of talk about AJ Ngannou, and now that is the fight that we believe the Saudis are pushing for. I understand that talks are underway for that. Um, obviously, the IBF and everything, we don't it's obviously we don't expect it to be vacant by March time. So potentially we have the Ngannou fight, AJ has the Ngannou fight, and then Hergovic around a similar time to the second Fury Usyk fight. And then that sees a pathway to to the, all the, you know, AJ Fury or something 2025. What's your thoughts on the Ngannou fight? You expect to see that one next? It's a fun one, I suppose, in build-up. Yeah, that is the talk, of course, but um, there's a risk still. There's a risk, but we've seen now what um, Ngannou can do, and I don't think he'll do too much different against AJ. Um, can AJ budge him if he fights him? Yes. Can Ngannou hurt AJ? Yes. So there's jeopardy there. Um Personally, I'd rather see AJ fight Hergovic next. Um, but the amount of money on the table for Ngannou is such a tease financially for any of them. Um, you know, they could even put Wilder in right now with Ngannou, um, which would keep Ngannou as a player. So don't rule out that option either. Um, but if they're being judged on their performance, sorry? Do you think that's got potential, Wilder and Garno? Yeah, I do, I do. If you, if unless they're being judged on performance by performance in the Super League, um, if Wilder, if Wilder fought and Garno, they're still interested in that. But the problem is in this fight against Parker, he didn't, that, that menace had gone. It was yeah. completely nullified, that air, that aura of menace. Um, but, you know, if AJ is to fight Ngannou next, um, hopefully he won't get the same flack that um, Josh, that Fury got for facing him. Um, and I'm, I, ain't, I ain't calling it an exhibition, my friend, nor did I in the other one. They'll probably do that now as a pro fight, right? Well, it was obviously a 10-round, but, but, like, in terms of you think they'll do the whole 12 threes now he's sort of proven himself as no a... I think it'll be a 10 round fight unless the, unless they're trying to put some kind of belt on the line for it that's you know a made up works for, for a TV for the event belt but um, I think 10 rounds is enough because it and, and I, I still think Nagano will be dangerous for 10 minutes as I said again it would be against Fury very dangerous in those first 10 minutes. Because if he gets a foothold in the fight, as we saw against Fury, he's going to do damage. And the advantage that, that Anthony Joshua's got if he does fight him is you cannot take the guy lightly anymore. So you're going to have the sharpener in your body. You're going to have the adrenaline in your body. You're going to have the nerves because you know what he's capable of now. He's a 20 stone man, six foot five, who on the eye test really laid an assault on Fury in the eighth round and knocked him down in the third. And a lot of fans watching felt that he became the winner of the fight. Um, you know, as you know, I didn't score it for him. And I think if you're scoring the fight, 
Fury won the won the bout. Um, but you've got to take Naganu seriously in as much as he's coming to bring everything. If that happens, it'll be great. But and you also know that if that fight does happen, you, you're saying March 16th. We were hearing March 9th originally, weren't we? Mm. Um that fight does happen. You know the card's going to be stacked as well. So, you know. Um, you expect AJ to, if if that is the fight, does he stop Francis and Garner? I don't know. There could be 10 rounds of war. You know, we, you, we, we, we you, all... Or, or can you not? How do I see it? Yeah, I think like, under Ben Davison now and looking at the Wallin performance and obviously... Maybe uh, as much as Fury gave Ngannou his credit, maybe not a fully prepared Tyson Fury. Now in hindsight and, and looking at how everything's unfolded, do you have a, a vision as to how a fight like that would play out? One of them's getting knocked out, and you you've got to you've got to hope for boxing's sake again that it's not Anthony Joshua. Because that does disrupt the apple cart in lots of ways, but who knows? This is this is what it's about. This is this is why Agit Kabayel now sits in a great position. It's why Joseph Parker sits in a great position now. Maybe those two fight each other next on one of these cards. Maybe Joseph Parker, um, maybe Joseph Parker fights Andy Ruiz, who's coming back, and they fight again. Um, there's so many options um, because. The money's there, and the fights are going to be made. So uh, it's it, it's 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 a great mo it's a great moment in the heavyweight division, in my view. Look, we can go round and round talking about the heavyweights, and if there's a little bit more time at the end, then then I'll I'll bring up a couple more things. But I think obviously we're so blessed now to have all these big big fights going to Saudi Arabia. But I think more so than ever, promoters are now maybe starting to say we need to still make sure that we're delivering to the UK fans. Um, we're hearing Wood Warrington now for the 18th at the Nottingham Forest Stadium, not in the UK and Ireland, of course, Taylor Cameron Free. Conversations are underway with the Irish government. They're looking at potentially uh, that Croke Park fight. Do you think there's probably more pressure than ever to deliver some of these big clashes also to the UK fans um, in that because there's so much going to the Middle East, they've still got to be able to, to, to get their fix back home, right? Which date are you saying? Just well, Wood Warrington. We're hearing the eighteenth of May, and Taylor Cameron has does not been a given a given date at the minute. Well, I think Taylor Cameron is definitely going to be in Ireland anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, unless you put it on at a football ground here, but it's got to be. It's an Ireland fight because outside Ireland, it doesn't do the numbers that it does there. That I mean, I think that that's a given. Um, Wood and Warrington is going to be. Um, in Nottingham, I'm sure. Yeah, at, um, at the stadium. It, yeah, it makes sense. Um, and of course you've got... St but, you know, boxing is still going on everywhere around the world. It's just... We're, the heavyweights... You know, it's the Blue Ribbon division. It's the, it's the division that champions the sport across all other sports and into the mainstream. And that's why we end up talking about it so much. And, of course, it's been held up um, as these guys have waited for the Saudi Arabian investment into the sport. So um, it's been a big, 
it's been a big news story for a long time. No, I, I think it's, of course it's very important that that fights are happening everywhere. Um, Frank Warren in Queensbury have got a deal with um, TNT Sports for events here. Um, Boxer and Ben Shalom have got a deal with Sky Sports for events here. Bob Arum um, has got a deal with, with ESPN for events in America. I mean, I'd say we're going to that one in Quebec next week. Um, there's there's an awful lot going on. You know, you've got the whole, you know, Haney, um, Garcia, Tiafimo, Lopez, Tank Davis, Shaka Stevenson mix in the United States, which I think I think that's the Super League of the United States right now. Um, now, of course, it's very important. You've got, um, I think, Warren Management have got an event on at the York Hall this weekend, haven't they? Um, with some of their fighters. So I know Mark Nielsen's got a, a Casey with, with WBM. Casey Kadimi's fighting for an IBO, if, if that's the one you're referencing coming yeah, up. There's, yeah. It's, that, look, there's, you, you go you go on BoxRec right now and there's uh, 60 events happening around the world on Saturday night, you know. So it's not like it's not like it's taken over, but but there's there is it's just a phase, it's an epoch. There was a time, Charlie, when we we're going to Vegas an awful lot with two or three British boxers. Well, notably two uh, uh, for a couple of years way back. Um, then you know we we were we've had a period of, of a halcyon period of boxing in the UK. Manchester Arena, Wembley, Wembley Arena, Wembley Stadium, Wembley Arena, um, O2 Arena. You know we've had. An era we've had seven, eight years of very, very big fights, um, and 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 eras change a little bit. Um, yes, it is important for the fans to go to it, and it is important. But many, many more fans watch it on TV than they do the, going to the arena. Uh, but I think you make a valid point, Gareth. Just uh, an interesting one that came up, and it's certainly got a lot of people talking. Uh, USA boxing. Uh, came out uh, with this sort of new transgender policy allowing born male fighters uh, to be able to transition to compete with born female fighters as long as their testosterone levels are under a certain limit. Now, look, this is something that's highly debated in any sport and people saying it shouldn't be happening anyway, let alone boxing, a sport in which, you know, you're inflicting pain on each other. We know as it is, it's three-minute round with the men's and, and two tens uh, for the, the females and, and sort of the health elements and everything that comes in behind that. Where has it come from? Obviously, all the, all the female boxers are coming out and making their stance. What, what do you make of it? Oh, Gareth. Well, I wrote, I wrote four pages in the Telegraph. Um, uh, when was it? 29th of December, 2022. Um, the, um, I, did a, I did a piece at the time. It just, I did a piece at the time about way back in... In 1998, I covered, it might have been 2000, I covered a man versus a woman in Seattle, Washington. Really? Went out to cover an event. Yeah. It's the only licensed bout I can ever remember between a man and a woman. I went out to cover it in Seattle, Washington. It was between this woman called Margaret McGregor and, and, and a little guy called Lloyd Chow, who's a Chinese-American. 
I mean, he just ran for four rounds and she beats him up like the Raging Bell. Um, just straight this round. Was was um, the boxer? Or... What was the what? Sorry. She beat him up. You said was was he like? Yeah, he just he was on a lose lose. He didn't really throw many punches. She just beat him up. Two thirds of the six thousand audience were women, and it was just a raucous atmosphere in there. But I went to cover it journalistically because it was the first bout we could ever remember where a, a bout between a man and a woman had been licensed. I'm digressing from the transgender. But what I'm saying is. It was a news story on the front pages that day um, because this was such a weird and rare occasion. And as we found, and I, I, I bring this around for a certain reason, you know, the, the recent story with Clarissa Shields sparring with men and getting hurt in sparring, it's something you have to be very careful about because we are physiologically different, men and women. Um, I did this story last year um, boxing to introduce new transgender category. Um, but this was with the WBC, and, and this is what I agree with. Transgender can fight transgender as a category. Yeah? Yeah. And, and I agree with this. If you reach puberty as a man, you should never, ever be boxing a woman. Mm regardless of you know what gender you need to be in life you should if you don't if you're born a man and you reach puberty as a man you should never be boxing a woman in a professional or amateur ring um in my view you you can't change your gender to be a woman then and box a woman i just don't agree with it it just it's just not right um that's just my view um but what what the piece I did um, with um, with Muso Suleiman last year, um, as you say, you know, you've had loads of controversy over trans athletes, Leah Thomas in swimming, New Zealand weightlifter Lauren Hubbard competing at the Tokyo Olympics, um, but boxing is a combat sport, and you know I think Suleiman was right to take a stand. If transgender people want to box, they've got to box in a transgender category. It's as simple as that. Is there any market for that? Well, that's what he was saying last year. We'll put out the call. We'll see how many transgender boxers there are in the world that want to box. But yeah, I know, I know you're laughing, but I think that's the best way of dealing with it. And and but you know, because you know, I don't even think it's funny. I just think it's the right way to do it. You ask who they are. You, if there's 80 in the world that want to do it, you put them into groups and you say, if you want to be the WBC transgender champion at lightweight, then that's what you are. But you don't cross over and box against women. You know, if you've been a man and you've and you've um, and you've you know um, become a woman, if you like, during your life, and, and I completely agree with that. Because if you if you if you reach puberty as a man, you should never box a woman, and that that's how you keep it. It's as simple as that. Well, Gareth, uh, it says we've got two minutes left on the Zoom, and I think that's yeah. probably about thirty something minutes banked, as we always have. Um, I suppose just very quickly, 
last year was incredible, wasn't it? Um, moving forward to this year, we're, we're sort of blessed as boxing fans to be in the position that we are. And I think we can eagerly anticipate some big fights. And look, January usually a dead month in terms of boxing. And actually, when you go through and look at all the fights we've got in January, it looks like it's going to be quite an ex uh, exciting month. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, can't wait for better be up against Smith. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a great year, I think. I think we will see Canelo and Benavidez this year. I think we'll see, maybe even see Terence Crawford and Canelo. It's a fight I'd like to see. Not a lot of people would like to see, but I would. We might even see Crawford and Spence at like middleweight, 154 pounds. Um, I think that could happen again. I'd really like to see Devin Haney and Tiafimo Lopez this year. Um, I think Devin Haney's going to drag all those, those guys up to welterweight. I think we might even see Devin Haney and Terence Crawford before Crawford leaves. Maybe that's not this year. Um, I, think, I think we'll have two world champions by the end of the year, and I think they'll be called Fury and Joshua um, in the heavyweight division. God knows who wins out of Bivol and better be ever if they fight. Good luck to Callum Smith next week. Um, I think we'll get the the big trilogy fight between Katie Taylor and Chantel Cameron or, or Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano too this year. Um, there's so many great things going on. I think Bam Rodriguez and Estrada. Um, there's, there's Inui will probably come up another weight division. Um, I mean, God, we're in such a great position. Um, so I, I think it's it's onwards and upwards in 2024 before the uh, before the countdown. Ten, nine, eight, ten lords are leaping. Say that it's the countdown that you're seeing. I'm not seeing it. It says less than a minute. Top man, and thank you for speaking to us at Boxing Social. Give me a quick thumbnail. There we are. We love to see it. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.